Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is a special live edition of Sliding Doors. We held our first event in October and recorded in front of an amazing audience and it was so good to bring the podcast and our chat to life. As a little disclaimer for the episode, as always, we never know when tech is going to behave, so you might notice that my sound might be slightly quieter than normal. However, this doesn't take away from the brilliant content and discussion that we had. I really hope you enjoy the episode. My guest today is Hermione Underwood. Hermione is the UK and EU CEO of JS Health Vitamins. Australia's leading health and wellness brand, fast growing in the UK with some amazing brand advocates. Hermione moved from Australia to London in her early 20s, seeking greater opportunities and subsequently went on to run a successful PR agency, as well as launching her own jewellery brand and rosé business. However, in 2020, she decided to take on a new challenge and leave the entrepreneurial world and become CEO of JS Health Vitamins, where she is driven to make them one of the most recognised brands in the global industry. As someone who is really passionate about female leadership and empowerment, I cannot wait to chat to Hermione tonight and find out all about the Sliding Doors moments and decisions that have shaped her life. So welcome to Sliding Doors, Hermione. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Um, Thank you for joining me this evening. So I wanted to start off by asking you, I see Jess Health Vitamins everywhere now. I've started (laughs) taking them myself. For people that don't really know much about the brand, do you want to just explain kind of the brand's mission and what the brand's purpose is? So our founder, Jess, um, was studying nutrition 
and she felt like it was extremely regimented and unnatural as to how we really live. She loves rosé, but also loves kale. So she started an amateur blog, which turned into cookbooks, which turned into an app, which turned into supplements. So in Australia, she's a very recognised face and um, very popular, and her products are immensely popular. Um, I was actually consulting to the brand in 2020. Yeah. I think I started in, like, 2019, Obviously, the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and all my fashion clients (laughs) put our retainers on hold um, because Selfridges and Harrods and everything was like closing closing their doors. Um, And JS Health, on the other hand, we were really ramping things up and doing really well. And I had an amazing rapport with the founders. Jess works with her husband, Dean. Um, And they came to me and said, would you ever consider a full-time job? And I said no. (laughs) very quickly said no I had worked for myself for 15 years and was a serial entrepreneur and that was like my entire identity so it was a very easy no um I definitely wanted to keep consulting to them because I loved the brand and I believed in it but I definitely did not want a full-time job (laughs) and with the vitamins are they so they because I've tried them I've tried everything for all different types of stuff and I genuinely find them to be the best to take Mm -hmm. what is it that makes them so different to the other brands that are on the market it's Jess's obsession with creating a product that Mm -hmm. actually works yeah so we I work more on the business side than the formulation side and we struggle immensely with her choice of expensive ingredients (laughs) so we're often like really must you use that or like must you use such a high dosage of that expensive ingredient and she's like yes so some of our formulation honestly are very expensive to formulate to the point where the margins are much smaller because she is so passionate about bringing products to market that impact change for women in particular but also that work because I think so many of us have been sold like dummy products that don't work and hair and energy worked for me I had had a lot of hair loss whenever I get stressed my hair falls out Um, and I had tried hair and energy and it worked which was why I ultimately decided to work with the company yeah because i tried detox and deep is it detox detox and deep bloat yeah changed my life honestly (laughs) it's it's so hard to find things that actually work and there's so many things on the market but i think what you guys do is so um unique but it's also authentic to the brand and who you are and we're going to talk a lot about the brand and about your journey but i wanted to kind of take it back and just ask you what were you like growing up and what was it like growing up in the beauty of australia (laughs) pretty amazing yeah. <laughs> um I literally grew up with the sand in my toes on the beach I'm one of four kids and we were really close and mum and dad used to say just go out and play mm-hmm. you just have to be back by the time the sun sets oh so we'd gosh. like run and there was like a forest nearby and like we'd be in the beach and um that was like my young years I was extremely disciplined at school mm-hmm. I was always like quite type a about like having to be in like the orchestra and the choir and the play and like the prefect and the top grades and I was really obsessive yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But that was, yeah, that's carried through, I guess, in some ways. I've tried to become a little bit more relaxed in my own age. <laughs> things like ingredients. And do you think that's kind of where, where do you reckon your entrepreneurial spirit came from? Because we did say before you were an entrepreneur before you started at JS Health Vitamins. So do you think you've always had that spirit in you? Yeah, I always had that spirit. Interestingly, everyone in my family, all my siblings work in finance and they are not like me at all. So I was kind of the rogue child when I went and did all the things I did, whether it was like I started my first business when I was 18 and I went on a reality show and they were always kind of like, what are you doing with your life? Like they, I was different. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I always had that entrepreneurial flair. I tried to work in a PR company when I was in my early twenties and the boss quickly said to me, like, you either need to take over the company or go and start your own. Like it was just my personality, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when I think you can figure those things out as you grow up and it's amazing that, you know, your family and as you say, your siblings worked in finance, but there's always one child or someone that breaks (laughs) away from that and that goes into the creative side. And I wanted to ask, because we've obviously got maybe a few entrepreneurs in the audience tonight, what was the kind of the best and worst thing about running your own business? Because I think it sounds amazing, and it is, but from everyone I've spoken to, it's they say it's the hardest thing they've ever done. Yeah, I think there's like that amazing meme on Instagram and it's like, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, like life will be so relaxed and free and fun and actually you work harder than you ever knew you could yeah. and you take everything personally and it's it's like the most challenging journey. But I loved there being no like Sunday and then Monday Mm -hmm. and I love that now with JS Health and I I live and breathe JS Health as if it's my own brand because I couldn't have a job where I was like at work and then not at work like I like there to be like that it's all in flow and together and I think as an entrepreneur often you're you're putting a little piece of yourself out there and that's really emotionally taxing it's really difficult to put yourself out there because if people don't like it they kind of it feels like they're saying they don't like you exactly yeah and also I think my experience has been that as an entrepreneur, you're the web developer and the model and, you know, you're the copywriter and the accountant and you're doing, you're wearing every hat. And I feel like you put out one fire and fix the website and then there's a product, like there's an issue with product or manufacturing and it's like, you're constantly just like putting out fires and wearing different hats. And it's, it's, it's stressful, but it's also exhilarating and amazing. And, um, it's a rush that I almost think can't be matched. Yeah, I bet it can't. And where do you find your motivation? So like, you know, those days where you are putting out fires every single minute and, you know, you're very much kind of self-motivating when you're an entrepreneur. How did you do that? I've always been extremely competitive with myself. Yeah. I'm not a competitive person in any way with anyone else, but I always try to be the best version of myself. I also did a lot of spiritual work through the pandemic and I realised that so much of what I was doing was to make my parents proud. And a lot of freedom and relief came from having that conversation with them Mm -hmm. and them telling me that they were proud of me. And now I feel like I'm slightly more balanced because of that. Like that brought a lot of like peace to my life, not seeking their validation. I always kind of knew I had it, but to actually have the conversation and hear it. Yeah. That's so important because as well, like I think sometimes it's the subconscious that we don't even realize is inside of us that that competitive nature is actually just something that you've, you've made up yourself and it's not Mm -hmm. really there. Um, and then you, you are a massive advocate for kind of women in business. Uh, we've got a lot of women here today. So what does it mean for you to be a woman in business? What do you kind of like to, you know, make sure that your team know? And what do you like to put out there and promote as part of your role and what you do? I'm extremely passionate about women having independence. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important, not just financial independence, but to have something for you that is yours. And... With our team, I try really hard to advocate for their individual strengths and to support them to flourish where they can and in areas that are good for them and to find ways that work for them and fundamentally for them to be, like, happy and healthy in what they're doing Um, and growing. I always say to my team individually, like, how is this job going to help your resume? What can we do, like, this day, this week, this month to build your resume? Where do you want to go in the future? Like, what are the points that you want to put on your resume? How can I support you to 
add that that little dot point on your resume to help your career progression. So that's kind of how I approach each day with my team. That's amazing. I wish I had a boss like you were growing <laughs> up. Um, and one question I did want to ask you was, if I was to say, okay, you can either be an entrepreneur or be a CEO of a brand, you have to pick one for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? It depends what brand I'm being the CEO of. A brand that you love. A brand that you love. <laughs> oh, that's really hard. I love my role now in so many ways it's just very different like I love that I have the support of our founders and our board and our investors and um I love that I have I'm able to live and breathe it as as if it's my own Mm -hmm. but it's not so like I can go on my honeymoon and be Mm -hmm. more relaxed because it's not that that thing I said before it's not that little piece of me so there is like like a certain level of freedom that comes with that that I always talk to Jess about I always say like I feel for you so much and you're like fragility in putting yourself out there like she's the face of the brand and that comes with a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. like an extraordinary amount of pressure so um there's a freedom in that but then also I don't get that same full level of exhilaration like it's never the same never the never the fire in your belly it's finding the right balance isn't it with a job and um, do you think the way that you look at success then is like change? I think you've spoken a lot about a spiritual journey that you've been on, talking to your parents and validation. I think when we're younger, we deem success as getting, you know, like the top marks at school. But then actually you get into the real world and success seems like something totally different. So how, what does success mean to you now? Success for me is like feeling in flow with like my true sense of self. So it's more than happiness. It's that feeling that you randomly get one day when you're like walking down the street with the coffee on the way to work and you feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. That is success for me. It's um, that feeling that you kind of can't describe, but where you just know this is like right and I feel at home or I feel at peace or I feel whole. I think that's what I seek in terms of success. Yeah, and it's so nice when you can kind of just like accept that and like know that. Um, And then what would you say you think is the proudest moment that you've had so far? Like whether it kind of be in your career, in life, but looking back, what are you most proud of that you've achieved? Um, I think it buys into what we were talking about before with my um, sliding doors moments, but I made fearless decisions when everyone told me not to Mm -hmm. (laughs) throughout my life. And all of those fearless decisions where I tapped into what I felt was the right thing to do for me, Um, even though at times they had lots of... (laughs) negative connotations um they always worked out to be the best decisions I'd ever made yeah and you learn from experience don't you because you often really want to follow your gut but then you want to ask your friends advice but when your friends don't say what your gut's saying you're like (laughs) what do I do and the only way you're going to ever know is to try and to go through those experiences and make bad decisions make good decisions but learn from them all um so before we go on to talk about your slang girls moments, I'm going to ask you the big question. So what do you believe when it comes to the sliding doors theory? So do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Do you believe in fate, timing, luck? Um, I know you're a very spiritual person, so I'm really interested to see what your answer is going to be. Again, I'm so torn because I do think that we have control over our own destiny. Mm-hmm. But I also have moments in life where I'm like, either I've lived this before or I'm 100% meant to be living in this moment. So it does feel in a lot of ways like it's kind of mapped out for you. You're just kind of like following. Yeah, 100%. And I get crazy deja vu where I can like see the whole thing that's about to happen. And I'm like, have I been here before? Or like what's like five minutes of deja vu? 
Um, I find that so difficult to answer, but I definitely think the sliding doors moments, we all have them and they're so powerful and impactful. And what is that voice that makes, helps you make that decision? Mm -hmm. That's the question. And so do you believe then that like there is, you are meant to be somewhere. It just might be how you get there. That might be different. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I love the fact that you feel it when like, you know, you're on the right thing. Because I think that's the thing I find hard sometimes to judge is knowing like, am I on the right path? Is this the right thing to do? But I also have a lot of deja vu, so I know exactly what you mean, but five-minute ones are like... Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. It's quite disarming. Wow. Um, okay, so let's go into your moments. So the really unique thing about um, Hermione's moments is, is that they're all decisions that she's made, which I've never had before on the podcast, because often they're moments that have happened to people, but yours are all decisions that you've made, as you said, with that kind of fiery hunger in your belly. So... The first one is your decision to move to London in 2013. So you say that life was going really well in Australia. Um, you had a thriving PR agency, but you were seeking more of a challenge and you took the plunge into an entirely new direction. Um, I still, to this day, do not understand why people from Australia want to move to London. <laughs> I don't know if anyone agrees, but I guess you always want what you don't have. Um, so do you want to take us back and explain why this was the catalyst um, and kind of what made you make this decision to move to London? I had this immense hunger for more. I was really lucky. I had a PR company and I think I was like 24 and I had amazing clients like Spotify. And it was such, it was a, it was a practical sliding doors moment in the sense that I was very clear about, do I stay or do I go? And what does that mean for my life? And everyone thought I was bonkers. Like I was really doing very well for my age and even the, the thought of it, people could not believe that I was even thinking about it. Where did the initial idea come from? Where, where, did you always want to move to London when you were younger? Like, did My you sister had there? lived here. I um, had, like, one or two friends here. Um, I'd had a really bad breakup, the engagement, engagement had ended, and always. there were some reasons yeah. that I wanted to, like, try something new. Um, but I'd always had this hunger of wanting to live overseas, as we say in Australia. Um Australia is like a very insular community and I just thought I just want to get out there into the wild world and and see things and do things and I I loved travel I was like an avid traveler so I thought if I was in London from there I can do and see everything um but yeah everyone thought I was mad (laughs) and do you remember the moment when you were like I'm gonna do this and like the first person that you told and like how did it how did it feel as you say for people saying what you're doing did you question your feelings about it or were you like no this is what I want to do as you mentioned before I tried not to talk to people and ask their advice because I knew they'd all try and talk me out of it so I just booked the ticket and then told people I was doing it and then I told all my clients that I was going on a kind of break and that I may or may not be back and I connected them all with who I thought was the best person for them and they all said oh no 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 we'll wait and I was like no 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 please don't wait and then they said no 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 we'll wait and then I, they said why don't you consult from there and I was like great <laughs> so I moved over and I did give myself that kind of trial period and it was meant to be three weeks and it was three months and I was back getting my visa like it was I was I was so sure about the decision and I ended up doing all the clients and doing calls at 4am and Oh midnight and stuff. Right. It's <laughs> what you say because I think wherever you live, the community feels quite insular, and we're all like searching to go somewhere else. And it's just interesting that you flip it and come to London. A lot of people go from London to Australia. But when you moved here, like, did you know anyone here? Were you starting from scratch? Like, how was that like first like few weeks when you did come here? As I said, there were like a few people here that I knew. It was 
the hardest thing I've ever done. Like I just thought, oh, I live in this like cushy world and I've got a great network and community and it's been so easy for me to sign these amazing clients. I'll just go do the same thing in London. And then I got here and it was like, you know, no one and you have no network and this is a big bad city where like no one cares. Like you are a nobody, like you are but a number. You know, I wasn't even a number because I didn't even work anywhere. So um, uh, it was really hard in the best possible way. I think that I was like privileged and I think it, like smacked me across the face in the best way and I had to start from scratch and I had to work out who I was when I wasn't identified as like that girl who dated that person or was friends with that person or went to that school I was just Hermione and like who do I want to be as Hermione so it was exhilarating because I could become who I truly wanted to be it's like fully wiping the slate clean yeah it was amazing and I highly think, recommend it <laughs> do you think the age that you were as well because you were in your early 20s mm-hmm. which I think is an age where we all think we're really old but we're obviously not um and do you think it was kind of the right age for you to do that because you could just come and just have nothing tied to you no inhibitions and you would as you said you could just be whoever you wanted to be I'm so glad I did it then because I think if it if it if I'd let it get any later it would have become harder and harder yeah and it was like a finite moment where I didn't have like a boyfriend locking me down or anything like that where I was like I can go now and just like jump yeah, I went to Australia too late in life. When I turned 30 and then I was like, it's too much time down here and then should have moved earlier. Um, so the big question is, if you hadn't have moved to London when you did, how different do you think your life would have been? What do you think you'd be doing now? I think I'd have like four kids and like a Labrador and maybe I would have carried on with the PR career, but I'm not sure. Maybe I would have started a brand there. I just, I don't think that I would be as robust as I am. Mm-hmm. I think I would have remained quite sheltered. And yeah, I'm so grateful to myself yeah. for being fearless and, and making that leap because I think it allowed me to grow up in a huge way. And do you think even if you'd have moved at a different age, so like, you know, if you just moved a bit later on life, do you still think it would have had such a different impact on you? Um, I do, I, I, I have to say, I, I do recommend to people like there's no age is but a number. It's mm-hmm. so irrelevant to me. And I feel like younger now than I did at that time. Yeah. So I would always, I'd say to someone who was 70, like move across the world. Yeah. So I do think you can have the same, it can have the same impact on you at any age. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that is feeling how you're feeling, how you did feel then where, you know, you just want to move somewhere new and get out of the everyday and just not be that person that is that person. What advice would you give to people that do want to kind of take the plunge and move to a new country? Any gut feeling or inkling that you have that you should do something, just go and do it. Like, I remember my parents, they were so gracious because they said to me, worst comes to worst, darling, you get on a flight home and that's that. And it's so true. Like, you can just go home. Like, go and try it. You might be there for a week, but it's not a failure because you went and then you know it's not for you. Just do it. It's so true, like, nothing is forever, but my mum has always told me some, from a young age that if I ever move to Australia, she will disown me, so <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. Um, that's a great moment, and I think it will resonate with a lot of people, because, as you say, like, it's a decision that you made, but it was such a catalyst to everything else that happened for you. You wouldn't be the person that you are today without it. Um, and on to the next decision, which is another decision to stay somewhere, so your decision to stay in London in 2019. So you said you'd always dreamt of living in America... Um, and you were going to go to New York, but thankfully you decided to stay um, in London, and soon after the pandemic hit, you got your dream job, you met your husband, um, and you felt like the universe was rewarding you for Mm -hmm. staying. So 
you really seem like someone that loves adventure and moving <laughs> around. Um, what was the opportunity that you had in New York and why was this such a defining decision for you? So the visa system in the UK is wildly difficult and had cost me a bomb and my parents were like why are you putting what could be like the savings or deposit on a house into this visa like why does this carry on and I went to LA to see friends and I met with a visa lawyer and the American system for entrepreneurs is incredible and I'd always wanted to live in New York Um, a few of my clients said great we'll just roll you over to the US like amazing and um I had that same moment, again, there was another breakup, um, and I had that same moment of, if I don't do it now, when will I do it? If I stay here, I'll end up dating an English guy and I'll be stuck in the UK forever. Um, I need to go now or never. Um, So again, I didn't tell anyone. I just started the visa process. And then I went out to my favourite cafe with one of my closest friends, this amazing British girl, and I said to her, I wanted to tell you I'm moving. I'm so excited. I'm moving to New York, but don't worry, I'll see you all the time. And she just burst into tears. And it was such a defining moment for me because I was like, oh my God, I've spent the last, I think it was, how long had I been here? Six and a half, seven years building all these relationships and building up from scratch. And I have this amazing network and this amazing life here. Like why on earth would I go and do all that again? And if if I hadn't gone out for her with her and if she hadn't cried, I would have moved to New York. Really? 100%. She like completely changed my life and thank God. But Lord, I didn't go because then the pandemic hit and obviously New York was hit so hard and I would have just been establishing myself and I would have had to go home. Like I really would have had to go home. Um, but because I was here and at that moment, she, that moment with her and the decision not to go to New York, I was like, okay, cool. I'm doubling down on London. Like, this is where I'm at. This is my home. I'm never going back to Australia. I'm not going to the US. This is home. Like, let's really like, let's make this a whole new level of amazing. I love that. And I think it's really interesting because you said before that you're someone that follows your gut, but then the reaction of someone else changed your gut feeling, which is really interesting because I feel like you'd never had that before. She's a really good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I think it was in seeing what that, the value that I'd created with this one little tiny example of my life in London, it made me realise reflect on how hard it had been because mm. I was such a fighter I was always like come on onto the next onto the next but seeing that like the fragility of that relationship and that had taken years to build like it's hard to crack London British people do not want Aussies to like roll into their crew you know and I had like this amazing network of British friends and I thought oh, why would I go and do it again and by the way I have way more friends in New York than I do in London like there's so many Aussies there and like so many amazing friends there. So it would have, wouldn't have been hard from the friendship perspective, but it made me reflect on every angle of like where you live and it feeling comfortable and home and familiar. There's so many elements to being an expat. It takes so long to get to a place where it feels like home. I think you also make a great point because I think often I've definitely had this before where you're searching for something new and you just think I need to move somewhere different and change my environment or whatever. But actually you did the opposite. You realised, actually, I can still be like the fighter that I am, want to achieve loads, but stay in the same place with the same people, make new friends, accomplish new things. And were you kind of surprised at kind of that decision that you made? I was surprised, but then instantly felt reassured and certain. And there was also like a great piece that came with that decision to double down. Mm -hmm. And, okay, this is home. 
let's really lean in. Yeah. And then the whole world kind of opened up for me yeah. in the best possible way. And like, you know, I think sometimes when we make decisions and then you can really sit and be like, thank God I didn't do that because all of this happened. I think this was really like a pinpoint decision for you that started off so many things. And one thing I did want to ask you was, how did you meet your husband? So <laughs> obviously like we're all waiting for that moment where you do something and oh, that's the reason why I did it. And you met your husband. So how did that happen? So it was actually a year later. I, we, the pan, that was in like, I think September of 2019 and then the pandemic hit and I lived in a one bedroom apartment on my own and you couldn't even like talk to people like you couldn't even go for a walk with anyone yeah Yeah. and it was the best time of my life I I finally had the opportunity to not be this like busy crazy social person who was running from like breakfast to lunch to dinner to Paris to New York and I was like I have this one moment in time where I can just lean in and sort out my shit (laughs) like I'm going to lean into why have I had the same like trouble troublesome relationships with the same kind of guy like why have I never taken my career to like the next level like what are my limiting beliefs who do I want to become what do I want my life to be like who are my true friends who do I want to see if I could see someone how do I want to show my friends and family in Australia that I love them and like continue to connect with them like I just went deep and I yeah and and I did like online courses and it was amazing um and in that time I really became whole as an individual and I decided after that that I was really ready to meet someone incredible who was also whole I didn't want to keep dating broken people I wanted to find someone who was a complete individual and like completely whole on their own um and I met him six months later. But how did you meet him? Oh, we were set up. Ah. Yeah. By the girl, <laughs> the girl who cried when I said I was leaving her cousin set us up. Wow. And yeah. when you were set up, like, was it like, was it an instant connection? Did you know? Like, cause I think that, you know, this is a real moment for you because if you'd not made the decision to stay, you probably wouldn't have met him. So when you did meet him that first time and went on that first date, did you know he was the one? Um, he ticked every box that I didn't want. So (laughs) he was British and I didn't want to date another British guy. Um, he was younger than me and I didn't want another younger boyfriend because my ex was younger and I thought that that was the reason for all our problems. Um, he had a child, which was obviously a hurdle. Um, and he was so nice and so kind. I was like, am I going to walk all over him? Like I was a bit worried that I was too like boisterous. Yeah. Um, but from the first moment I met him, I was like, wow, he's so kind. Mm-hmm. And we just always just talked like we'd yeah. always, the restaurant was always closing around us. Um, so even though he was unlike anyone I'd ever been with, which is amazing. Um, we just connected. It just felt, he, he just felt like home from yeah. the beginning. And do you think if you hadn't have been through the journey you did through the pandemic, so let's say you met him before the pandemic. It would never have worked. Really? No. Do you think you wouldn't have connected in a way that you No did? way. So interesting. I just though. know it. Like I went on a spiritual journey and he lived in an ashram and is very into like meditating and oh, spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were able to connect on those things as well that I don't think I would have connected with him in the same way. But also it's amazing because I do think, you know, everyone always barks on about you need to find yourself and like yourself before you find someone else. And it is really true because 
you're going to give out what you want to get back. And if you're both in that same place and timing, that's why Slime Girls Moments are all about timing. You know, all these little things that happen because you made that one decision to stay in London, like you literally wouldn't be where you are now. And that brings me on to asking, how different do you think your life would be now? Like if you had moved to New York, what do you think you'd be Completely doing? different. I think I would have had to move home. Most of my Aussie friends who lived in New York had to move home because it got really dark and dangerous and scary in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have had to rebuild my life in Australia. And I, do, I don't think I would have been as happy as I am. Yeah. I mean, it, I love these moments because I think that I love the one, I love the fact that you remember being with your friend because that is really, that, that's the catalyst, that's the one moment um, that actually leads on into your third moment because as much as you met your husband, you also got your job. So your third moment is making the decision uh, to take the role as CEO at JS Health, probably the biggest sliding doors moment of your life. Mm-hmm. So do you want to explain this moment? Why was it such a big decision for you and exactly kind of how it came about? So something that I'd been working on when I did that phase of kind of self-realisation um, was what do I want my career to look like? And I never wrote down getting a CEO role or having a full-time job or JS Health or even wellness. Um, I just wrote down how I wanted to feel about my work. So I really wanted to work with people who respected me mm-hmm. and who I respected. Um, I really wanted financial freedom and comfortability and I wanted to work on one thing and give it my all and see what I could do because before that I'd had a rosé brand and a PR agency with like 10 to 20 clients and a jewellery brand and my blog and I was too dispersed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what would happen if I just gave my all to one thing. So the universe was kind of like, hello, like knocking on the door. Slow like, down, <laughs> Here's the role, yeah. take it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Um, and then luckily our founder, Dean, he came to me a few weeks later and was like, have you come to your senses yet? So you said no, originally. Yeah, I said no. And then he came back to me and was like, you're crazy. This is the role for you. And what made you change your mind? Um, his certainty and belief in me and our relationship was our working relationship so amazing um and my belief in the product Mm -hmm. it was the first time I was working with a product that I just like knew would help people and I wanted to work on a product that didn't just work financially and as a business but that really helped people and changed people's lives positively um but I also wanted a challenge Mm -hmm. and I knew it would be really 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 hard and I knew like what I say to my team, how can this help your resume and how, how can this help your yeah. growth? I knew that this was like a huge step change for my career. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with these big decisions, I think when, we've, when we're more experienced sometimes, I think, you know, when we're a bit younger, we want to work for the big brands. And as you said, like, you want to have like three brands on your brain and be like running around on the phone all the time and up late. <laughs> and actually the reality is, is that like, as you get older, you value like people so much, like, the people that you work with and the culture and the environment that you're in and do you think that that was definitely something that you'd learned through through experience definitely like everything I did got me exactly where I was meant to go so when I speak with younger women and we talk about career I'm asked for career advice I always say to them show up today in your best possible way give your all because today turns into tomorrow which turns into the next month which turns into the next role and the world's so small and it's so interconnected and you know I got married a few weeks ago and said clients who were all so amazing to me were there 
they're like some some clients I've looked after 15 years ago, like US swimwear clients were at my wedding because relationships matter. Mm-hmm. And all of those details, like I was just consulting to JS Health and it turned into the next biggest thing in my career because I always gave it my all. And do you think as well it's sometimes about not shutting our minds off to opportunities because you never know where things are going to lead. Like you can say yes to a brand and... You know, I think karma as well is a massive thing. It's like how what you give to people, you get back. But, you know, when you first met Jess, did you get like a feeling that she was someone that was special that you probably would want to work with? Jess has that star power that you can't explain. She has something about her that's just incredible. And um, I think what I felt in her, which I hadn't seen a lot, was her authenticity. Mm-hmm. She is truly authentic. And she doesn't look at the numbers. She wouldn't know if we had the best day of all time because she doesn't care. All she cares about is her community and creating the best product she can. And it's incredible to work with someone like that. That's extremely rare. Most people are focused on the numbers and the growth and the success. She doesn't care about any of that. That's amazing. It's amazing. job. Um, And knowing kind of your role now and what you do, do you ever get pangs of that entrepreneurial spirit to be like, oh, just something inside me that still wants to like are you are you forward thinking about your career or are you someone that kind of tries to live in the moment of going through what you are now when the next opportunity comes you'll know what it's what it's meant to be I don't think I could give as much as I do to the role now if I was looking ahead I try to be really focused on doing what I can in this moment and doing the very best I can Mm -hmm. because I know it'll happen when it happens and it'll evolve as it will and I've got, I've realized as well in my old age, mid thirties, life is a long journey. (laughs) There is so much time ahead of us to do the next thing. So you might as well just enjoy where you're at in this moment. A hundred percent. I mean, you seem like someone that's extremely positive and you have such a brilliant outlook. Do you ever have really bad days? And if you do, (laughs) how do you cope with them? Because I do, I get such a lovely feeling from you. And I think, you know, I would have loved to have had you as a boss growing up, but how do you cope when you're not feeling like that every day? My spiritual practice has helped me so much. Like I came home from my honeymoon and was immediately thrust into extraordinarily stressful conversations. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was, you know, defensive and upset and like feeling angry. And then, oh my God, all the relaxation from the honeymoon's gone. And, And then I was instantly like, okay, breathe put your phone away, cook dinner, write. I write a lot. Um, And then don't take that energy into the office tomorrow. Like how can I like get rid of all of that and then come in like as positively and happily as I can. And I think like, again, like trying to access that like inner self where none of it really matters. Like I'm not a brain surgeon, you know, someone's lives, life is not in my hands, you know? So then going higher self and then trying to come at things in the most positive way I can um, impacts the most positive change and then you can move on from that stressful moment to the next. Yeah, and I fully agree with you. I'm someone that definitely has tried that whole, if I'm acting positive and smiling, you get it back. Mm -hmm. And I think you don't realise how much impact, and especially as a CEO because, you know, you're the person that whether you think they do or not, everybody is feeding from your energy. I think the energy is always coming from the top down. So, you know, even if you are feeling like crap, you've got to walk in with a smile on your face. And do you... So when, you, when you're not feeling right, who do you kind of let off to? So do you have, like, mentors? Do you let off to your husband? Do you have that relationship with your boss? Like, how do you cope when you're kind of off feeling that way? Um, definitely my husband, Jenna over there, who I work with. 
But also speaking of feeding off, I'm pregnant and it's changed me completely in my working approach because I'm so acutely aware that this little thing is literally feeding off my energy. So I cannot afford to carry the stress like I used to. I cannot afford to get sick. I need to be healthy and thriving for her. So that helps me a lot because if we're having a stressful moment at work, I'll just walk out and go for a walk because I can't afford to let that impact this little thing. So that's really helped me and I hope that carries on. I don't need to be pregnant the whole time. (laughs) That's amazing. And are you, so, you know, a lot of people have been running like you for all of your life. You have been, you've been out there, you've been booming, you've been doing everything. How are you feeling about being pregnant now and knowing that you are going to have to stop? But you, you know, I think it's hard for women. We want to be ambitious, but we do have to take time off when we have babies. Um, How are you feeling about that now before it happens? The truth is that I worked too hard and it really impacted my health. I had extremely bad long COVID. I was in and out of hospital. Every symptom you can possibly imagine I had it. Um, And I got COVID three times. And the third time I was so sick, I literally couldn't move. Um, And that was another sliding doors moment because I was like, it's actually not worth it. Like, what am I doing this for? Why do I care? Like if my career is successful or like, why am I feeding my ego about typical success when I'm sick? Like, it's not worth it. And I was sick a lot. Like, I was either running 100 miles an hour, going to Soul Cycle in the morning and one rebel at night and doing 15 hours of work in between and being social and going to f- everything, or I was, like, getting sick in bed. Like, at least once a year I was really sick. Um, so that actually impact. Like, your body speaks to you. Mm-hmm. It's the best... Um, indicator that we have so learning to tune into my body which tells you even if it's like a little thing like a cold sore or something like it's telling you like I'm run down you're you're pushing too hard I wish we had a lockdown every year to be honest like I would love (laughs) like even a month every year would be amazing um so that kind of I was already preparing myself for like what is ahead Mm -hmm. in terms of I don't want to get sick anymore I don't want to be sick and what were those steps because I think some of us feel very overwhelmed we have like there's children there's jobs there's everything if someone really wants to start to kind of listen to their body a bit more what would you say are the first steps to do that with a busy life the number one thing I would say which was really hard for me was saying no I learned to say no and it's the most powerful word that we have and I only do things if I really, really, really want to do them now. I do things, it sounds selfish, but on my terms. So I'm very like considerate of my weeks and my diary and when I'm going to see people. It actually means you have more meaningful catch-ups. If you're waiting three weeks to see a friend rather than seeing them three days later when you're actually stressed and I don't, I never cancel on things anymore because I only put things in my diary if I really want to do them. So I think saying no, learning what helps you support you so like for me it's journaling it's candles and a bath at night um that for me is so important and like nobody can take that away from me like even if I got home late I have to do that um it's also just as I said listening to your body um being truthful with yourself about how you feel and listening to energy. If I, I was, I had a lot of friends who, when I was around them, I would leave feeling really uncomfortable, really like anxious, stressed and releasing a lot of those relationships creates a much more wholesome life. It definitely does. And I think you realize that as you get older, that 
you don't need to have like 50 friends to feel like you're like booming in life like I think I've probably got like five which are probably in here today like really good friends and they fulfill me in every way and you have the power to be like if I'm not enjoying that friendship you know you don't have to be so brutal and be like I don't want to be your friend anymore but you just step back and you mm-hmm. say no sometimes and you build, build the life and you curate the life that you want um now I love all of that and so thinking about as well your role as CEO in JS Health Vitamins, where would you love the brand to go? So let's say we're sat here again talking maybe in three years' time. Where would you love the brand to be with kind of the UK and EU but globally as well? My ambition for my specific role, which started with the UK and now is the EU as well, is to make it a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the goals that we had for the UK, we've kind of smashed in a much shorter time frame than we expected. So we're at, like, kind of back at the drawing board at the moment and like setting new targets and new goals. Um, I'd love to keep building on the team that I have. I have the most incredible team. I employed every single person for kindness rather than for their <laughs> resume. Mm-hmm. So we have this amazing team of people that I genuinely want to see every day at work. So I think continuing to build out that community of women would be amazing. And I think for the brand, just continuing to make products globally that actually help people and support their health would be amazing. And that actually work because they really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, so the big question, if you had, you know, said no, not then changed your mind and said yes um, to JS Health, what do you think you'd be doing now? Um, like, do you think you'd even have met your husband? Like, had you met your husband before you said yes to the job? I met him two weeks after I started. Okay, yeah. so, who knows? <laughs> Where do you think you'd be now? Like, do you think you'd still be, like, on that hustle every day? Do you think Do you think you would have been able to have lived your kind of spiritual journey as well as you have been? I think so. I think I still would have refined what I was doing. I would have gotten just as good at saying no to potential clients or opportunities as I have with my personal life. And I would have, I still think I would have been doing something amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Because it really is. I think what I love about this moment is the fact that you said no and then changed your mind. Again, like you say that you don't listen to people, but there's a few people in your life that have changed your mind. And maybe your gut was like, I think our guts are hard because I think our guts tell us what to do. But I do think we can listen to people as well. And I think that it's sometimes just an emotion and a feeling and you jump or you stay and you just have to make that decision. Um, but um, Hermione, it's been amazing. I've absolutely loved hearing your moments. I think you're such a... You've, the energy that you give off is brilliant. And as I said, I think that your team are very lucky to have you. I think your outlook's brilliant. And I think the journey that you've had and the kind of, you know, where you want to go, but how you've changed that, how you can still be ambitious, but look after yourself, I think is so um, inspirational to people. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank Amazing. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to this episode of sliding doors if you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring i would love it if you could rate review share and subscribe thank you so much
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.